the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merck, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government with a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other. He's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. Pathetic, embarrassing, but an indication of what we're dealing with. Listen, there are people that get mad when you make fun of somebody who falls, especially somebody who's sick, which is what Joe Biden is. Joe Biden is unable to do the job he's doing. The whole thing is a fracking facade. And now he fell like an embarrassing commercial. It's disgraceful. I fall in and I can't get up. Somebody sign him to that first alert thing. And get him, life alert, get him the hell out of the office where he's destroying my country. All right? Now we can worry about his dementia and the rest of it. In the meantime, the people who are really sick are the Republicans who go along with this lie. See, in the real world, what separates good business people from rotten scallywag scum is integrity and honesty. That's what separates. Now, there are some scam artists out there. In particular, I see it in my businesses when it's the money business or real estate or anything, they'd rather lie to their own clients than tell the truth. That is exactly what these Republican whores, these professional con artists like Kevin McCarthy, and every Republican who goes and tells this lie. So it's an interesting thing. I don't care for any of these politicians, but I do think that every once in a while they stumble on truths. Mike Lee is the perfect example for that. Mike Lee from Utah is not somebody I trust as far as I could throw my fantastic vehicle. However, Mike Lee, every once in a while, has moments of greatness. He had one about 40 minutes ago on the Senate floor. First, House GOP leadership proclaims that the Fiscal Responsibility Act will save $1.5 trillion over a 10-year period through the two-year CAPS deal. But see, Madam President, therein lies the deception. The supposed savings are largely, in fact, almost entirely illusory. The bill contains a mandatory two-year CAPS deal for the discretionary spending. But in reality, the spending limits for the other four years, the out years, are unenforceable and easily waived. In fact, easily... This is exactly what the Democrat morons, the the 80-year-old dementia patient who just fell and embarrassed not just the nation... But everybody in this country, abroad and at home, they say I saved $1.7 trillion. That is a fable and a lie, and it's calculated over a 10-year period if, in fact, new taxes bring in different revenue. It's a lie, and that's how they get around saying it. Everything that you've heard come out of the establishment Republicans, every moron like Newt Gingrich, everybody who's been selling you this has been buying, not just buying the lie, they know it's a lie. They're promoting the lie. 
These are people in the real world you would never do business with ever again. Ignored. It's a shell game of sorts, a carefully orchestrated act to create the false illusion of savings. But history has shown us that no caps deal has ever been fully enforced against future appropriations. The most recent and relevant example of this may well be Congress and its decision uh, in the Budget Control Act of 2011 to impose these statutory caps on discretionary spending. There's a reason I picked this section. This is a 24-minute speech. This is rinse and repeat the same nonsense that drove us through the George W. Bush years up until now. It's the same fracking thing. The only difference is back then, in 2011, we really did have a Tea Party. Now, scum like Adam Kinzinger and Joe Walsh, who were elected to office to do it, they just backstabbed you. Now we're not as organized. And the good news is, now there's actually more of us. You see, because back then it was only Republicans. Now I got news for you. 63% of Americans are disgusted with this kabuki theater, phony representative republic. They insist on telling us is doing the the bidding of the people. It's not. It's one giant lie. And then to raise those caps on four separate occasions in a bipartisan fashion over the decade that followed the adoption of those caps, completely negated, negating the, the, the stated purpose of that bill. And unlike the BCA's 10-year statutory caps, all of which were, in fact, statutory, the FRA has only two years, which can be maneuvered around themselves. This was my argument with Trump. When he did the tax breaks, when he finally got it passed, why would you only make it for three years, four years? Why would you do that? You could make it for 10. You could make it for 20. You could make it in perpetuity. But that's not the game because what you're experiencing here is a fundraiser. This is, this is the same thing we went through with that scam of the Tea Party. Scam. Who was elected as a Tea Party member actually practices those beliefs that they swindled the nation on? Who? Maybe Ron Johnson? Just two years of statutory caps. That's all. You can get around those, too. It's just a little bit harder. But after those first two years, it's not even a difficult thing because these aren't statutory caps at this point. So now keep this in mind, knowing that everything in this bill is a time-sensitive lie and contortion of pretend numbers. Well, first you have to tell me what promise I violated. Did I say I would cut the biggest uh, spending cut in American history? I don't even think I said that, but I probably surpassed my promise. If you think I would say we'd get back to 2022, if you take the non-defense veterans out, it's actually lower than 2022. If I said we'd get some work requirements, we've got some work requirements. If we said we would cap it, spending, we've got six years of that. So I'm not sure which promise now the senator, I can make that who's I a lawyer. Make. Arguably one of the most brilliant politicians ever elected to office. Just told you it's two years, but this lying fraud, Speaker of the so-called House, told you it's six years. They lie almost immediately. Today, the American people are going to win. We're going to pass the largest cut in American history. It's just a small step 
putting us on the right track. After today, I'm going to put a, a commission together to look at the entire budget. This debt is too large, and we can't solve the problem just looking at 11%. But I'm going to make it a bipartisan mission that we can be very serious about looking long-term to solve this problem once and for all. Whoa, 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 whoa. You see, well, then what is Congress for? If you have to do a bipartisan commission, everything's a fracking commission or committee. Everything. And do you know how elected Congress people get on the committee? Do you think they get on there because of their personal expertise very few of them ever worked outside of politics so they don't really have a lot of expertise but the way in which they get on these committees on these bureaucracies is they buy them from the rnc you see the reason i keep beating this lying horse is because it is time that anybody that is a member of the rnc and i mean this tear it down right now because the fact that they can come on and do this is more offensive than that poor 80-year-old dementia patient who tripped over an air bubble today. This is sadder. This is more sickening than the Democrat mafia. Does it matter to you, though, that you won't have the entire conference behind you? No, it matters. It's going to become law. If if I'm a member of Congress, I wouldn't want history to pass me by when I could do the biggest cut, when I could do work reforms for welfare, when I can see that we can reform NEPA for the first time. History, history, history. Now, the beauty of of this is that Kevin McCarthy will be a trivia question in the future. He'll be like John Boehner, who you almost have to search your memory to remember that lucky strike, smoking, drunk lobbyist, now for the marijuana industry, scoundrel that he was. You remember how he cozied up with uh, Obama? You remember? He pretended Michelle Obama was beautiful and the rest of it. You see, that's what this history will prove to McCarthy. McCarthy will go down as a bigger failure than John Boehner. But the RNC will be stronger and bigger because they're going to use this. They're going to use their media platforms, their outlets, their media buys to tell you that you won. And the trick is to give you just that little bit more hope. All right, so we didn't get everything. Let's not let the perfect be the enemy of the practical. Let's not let this time go away. Time, time, time like Kamala Harris. What we need from you people is just some more financial support. So I know that due to our policies, your dollar is collapsing, and that, sure, it's called inflation, but you're stagflating in your investments, and your costs are going up. I know. But you see, if we don't get that money, and we can't run good candidates, so we have to keep it up. So I know you're drowning in your own futility. Please, write a check. Donate to the GOP. This is all this is, kids. No, I speak to President Trump, but we didn't talk much about the bill. So we don't want to end on that question. Let's end on something else. What are you going to do now when I walk out of my office? Are you still going to be there? (laughs) All right. I might miss you one day, but remember this. I'll still look forward when you come back. And you know what? You still ask the same questions each week. Do you think, do you think you can pass the bill this week? Do you think you'll still be speaker next week? Keep underestimating us and we'll keep proving the American public that we're never giving up on you. The American public... We'll wake up one day. I don't know if it's going to be today or next year. I don't know if they're going to buy the illusion of this phony, pretend banana republic as our republic. But one thing is for certain. Sooner or later, sooner or later, the chickens will come home to roost because the debt isn't offensive enough. It isn't offensive enough. $32 trillion, nah, 
doesn't get the attention of the American people. But due to this bill, it'll soon be $40 trillion. Will you support a fraud like Kevin McCarthy again? Will you continue to write checks to the GOP, which is only second to backstabbing, lying than the Illinois GOP, the GOP writ large? Will you continue to support PACs and the rest of it? Because so far, that's the game. When what I say you do is put your name on the Internet, revoke your consent to be governed, not just by the dimwit who falls over air bubbles, but by the American government as it stands. Because as it stands today, it is more corrupt than it was yesterday and the day before. And that is the reality of America 2023. Censorship, fascism, bald-faced lying. Land of the free, home of the brave. And the Republicans are the good guys, are they? Are they really the good guys? I don't know. He's at the Air Force Academy. He actually fell down. Well, I hope he wasn't hurt. I hope he wasn't hurt. But it's the whole thing is, look, the whole thing is crazy. You got to be careful about that. You got to be careful about that because you don't, you don't want that. Even if you have to tiptoe down a ramp, you got to tip. <laughs> All right, here's another thing we could do. We could stop electing 70-plus-year-olds. We could stop buying the fraud. We could stop buying the pretend Republican. We could start demanding that everything Joe Biden put in and everything Kevin McCarthy supports is removed immediately. And Kevin McCarthy removed by the end of the week as the Speaker of the House. Put Trump in. Let's see what happens. 312-642-5600. I've fallen and I can't get up. Make money, smoke cigars, and live free on The Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. See, I don't like deals where you live up to your side of the bargain and the other side lies to you. That's exactly what happened. You realize how good we're doing under the circumstances? How good we're doing under the circumstances. Three years. The number of businesses that have closed is almost unimaginable. The idea that these idiots come out here and they pretend that they create jobs or start businesses. We're not one job before Donald Trump, along with the Democrat Congress and Senate, shut down this, this country. Not one. And they're going to pretend that we're doing okay. But here's the one thing that is doing okay. Revenue to the government. It sets records constantly. But that doesn't, that doesn't convince them to stop extorting our money from the private economy. I think we did have um, record revenue, tax revenue, in the last uh, couple of years. So I'm not sure why, why that indicates we need to, to work on that side of the equation. It seems like if you've got record revenue, just live within your means and, and spend less. Why, why? You tinker with that and move more to, 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 out of the private sector where the risk takers are and the entrepreneurs and the business creators and everything else, and then you, you move it to the other side. I'm, I'm not sure that's the way to go, but, but that's, that's where the president wants to take us. Well, I want to be clear on that. The, the, the spike in revenue that we saw last year has actually started to come back down to uh, the 15-year average level uh, based on the most recent <laughs> that, data. That might be capital but, gains. Uh, uh, <laughs> that, that maybe but number two, nobody's, got I, any, nobody's made any money in the stock market. I want to be clear about something, which is that uh, the president put in place incentives for companies to invest in America. Bharat Ramamuti. Bharat Ramamuti wouldn't know the truth if it slapped him in the face like a wet fish. 
Bharat Mamaruti pretends Joe Biden did something. He did nothing. And what the unwilling or uh, accidental truth teller on MSNBC said is that there are a fraction of businesses left. I mean, a fraction compared to before Donald Trump and the Democrat Senate and House shut down the economy. COVID crisis has impacted so many industries this year as the virus forced businesses across the country to close their doors. Mom and pop shops, as you know, were especially hard hit and are struggling to stay afloat amidst the pandemic. ABC's Rena Roy talked with some small business owners on how they plan to plow forward. You know what's an amazing statistic, Squirrel? Did you know this? We talk like this in America now. It's like 1965 again. We have to talk like it's uh, we divide each other by race. Did you know that 61% of black-owned small businesses prior to COVID, 61% have permanently closed? Permanently. 41% of Caucasoids, that's me and you, Caucasoids businesses have permanently closed. And yet those people go on to get other jobs and move on, and they still maintain the tax revenue that is being squandered by the politicians. And the reason is there is zero accountability. Uh, the idea that the president's agenda has been restrictive to business investment is just not based uh, in reality. I think what the president has done is made uh, America a very good place for companies to invest and companies that have their choice of which country all across the world to invest in are choosing for the first time in many cases to invest in America. What Marat Ramamurthy doesn't want you to know is that more and more businesses, it's called the birth death rate of businesses this is a we're going to have to get in the weeds one day i'm going to spend an entire segment on the frauded numbers economically from your government as they have created a category and, and they didn't do this under the idiot and diapers they did this 35 years ago 40 years ago to give you fraudulent jobs numbers every month right so they come up with business llc's like the one that hunter biden is on like bribery pastors and they say oh what does this do oh it's in the financial services well a new llc should eventually employ 50 people so we're going to count 50 jobs that's how they do and manipulate those jobs numbers through birth death rates of businesses and for the only time since barack obama was in office is that number unforgeable there are more death of business than there are birth. And they use that verbiage very specifically so only financial guys can really dig into it. I got news for you. Only about a third of financial guys ever talk about that. It's one of the key indicators and the easiest ways to hide the jobs numbers. That's why when they do revisions and it's 150000 every month, it's because they're absolutely frauding you on the numbers. Well, first you have to tell me what promise I violated. Oh, wrong number, sorry. I guess my question, and I don't want to upset you, but do you think that growth in government is a better uh, remedy than, than growth in the private sector? You want to raise, do you want to raise taxes now on, on corporations? That, that just doesn't, that doesn't seem like the way you get to higher overall growth for the economy. So before I let this imbecile Marxist propagandist lie to you the economy growth of us the people is not the intention they've managed to shut it down that's why covid was their greatest victory over the people that's why they invested in it for years prior but once that happened now they're in charge of all of us pesky entrepreneurs who don't need government now they have the loyalists like cream puff jim who will rubber stamp and kiss the ass of their abuser every time so the goal is to never have a strong private sector. Small business entrepreneurs that don't 
get their sustenance from the government is the enemy of the fascists, the Marxists, the socialists, the Democrats, and some of the Republicans. I think the the proof is in the pudding here in terms of the president's approach. If you look at uh, what he did coming into office in early 2021, uh, we've had two strong years of economic growth. If you look at our growth compared to the rest of the G7, we're, we're well above their levels of growth. The president did that. Well, if I were a Speedo in Mike Madigan's neighborhood, I could be a porn star. I don't compare myself to failures and losers. That's number one. Number two, you haven't added one fracking job or one business than before the fascistic American government shut down the economy in the name of a virus that they invested in. George Naperville. Sean, you're always hard on Biden. At least he didn't puke on a world leader like Bush Sr. did. Yeah, I hope they both end up in the same place. 312-642-5600. He will never negotiate his constitutional rights with the government. Live free or die on The Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. Elvis Presley, nice choice, squirrel, nicely done. You know I'm a little aggravated today. It's true. I always get aggravated when I get lied to. Jim and Lyle. Sean, I'm going to be in Naples next weekend. I can't wait. Oh, That's brother. That's why I called. All right. Um, I'll go to Vincente so, Cigar's place. I stop there every once in a while. Go ahead. Oh, I'm staying at the Inn on 5th. Is it close by? It's not far. I'll tell you what. Go to a, a restaurant called Mediterrano. It's on 3rd. Oh, phenomenal. Go ahead. What's it called? What's it called? Mediterrano. All right. Got it. Ask all for right, Milos. It's my guy over there. Go ahead. Milos? I got yep. it. All right. So we've all seen the uh, video of the dimwit and diapers, but I just posted on my Facebook page, uh, Jack Kosovic has up on his Twitter feed, a view that not everybody has. Oh, boy. Where this female, female cadet walks, sees him fall, pivots, and exits the other way, and that's exactly how most Americans feel. I'll tell you another thing, Jim. If you look at it from the angle that's on MSNBC or on NBC now, right now, if you look at the Secret Service agent, who looks like a, he's an ugly, bald guy, you look at the look on his face as he's just disgusted. And, you know, this is an embarrassing position to put us in. And shame on his family. I mean, Democrats, they'd vote for Genghis Khan if you give them a, a, a stipend in their, in their free money. They'll vote for anything. But shame on this guy's family. This is, this, is, this is now, and listen, I can't stomach this political whore for 50 years. This is sickening, what we're watching. I mean it. It's sickening now. Get him off the stage. Bring in the tramp. She can't do any worse, and I can't wait to see the face on the Saudis when she comes in for negotiations. Thank you very much, Jim. Appreciate it. Rich, Indian Head Park. Hey, Sean, how you doing tonight? Splendid. Sean, you need to tell me why we uh, don't give a whole month to our uh, our veterans who died uh, protecting our country uh, and giving us the freedoms we have today, but yet we give a month to gay pride. What are they so proud of? Attacking the Catholics and pole dancing on crucifixes? Well, I'll tell you, Rich, don't. What we got to do, what we have to do is not fall in the trap of the Marxists. This is like the the trap that was set for the protest of the most obvious election theft in American history. And good people went in. By the way, more people are going to jail again today for going to the protest. To that, that pretends this idiot won the popular vote. But the reality is, Rich, don't fall into that trap because this isn't about gay people. I have... Oh, no, I know. Listen, listen, let me tell you something. 
I'm related to, I have friends who are gay. This has nothing to do with gay pride. They're proud human beings because they have dignity. What you see here is a disgrace to people of all sexual orientation. When you see these scum walking the streets of Chicago with their ass hanging out, they're not proud. They like to shock people. So they dress like stormtroopers with the ball in their mouth and God knows what in their derriere. The point is that has nothing to do with pride of any sexuality. Those are deviant scum trying to get attention to themselves. They don't, it, when you're proud, you don't need a parade. You don't need a month. You don't need the government to tell you you're proud. This has nothing to do with homosexuals. There have been homosexuals since the dawn of man. This isn't about homosexuals. This is about a movement of totalitarianism. And it's sickening, by the don't way. Don't they make it bad for the, uh, the others <clears throat> that don't flaunt it? Like, uh, like of course they do. do. When I do this show, when you, what do you think I said about black businesses? You know, I, mean, I do this from the perspective of a person who achieves something not because they were given favoritism or money from the government. That's what this is about, to distract us. So now the government gives money and programs and protection. Listen, you don't need the government for anything, and especially pride. There's nothing proud about this fracking government. Pick a program it has. It's not only failure, it's corrupt. Pick one direction the government's in. And now they're going to, we're LGBTQ. As if homosexuals throughout the dawn of time needed the American government. You know what I like, Squirrel? Are the the pretending to the ninth or the uh, 2022 Housing Act? Did you not know what the 1968 Housing Act is? See, these idiots have to look like they're accomplishing something. They're doing nothing. They're doing nothing. It's like Hollywood. It's like Hollywood in California. They're just making old movies. That's all it is. We solved these problems decades ago, half a century ago. But now they have to look busy. In the meantime, something a difference in society in general. There were homosexuals 50 years ago. Yes, there were. There were homosexuals 100 years ago. Not a one of them had to walk around with his ass hanging out. You freaking scum. Put your pants on, you freaking freaks. Proud. You're a disgrace to humanity. That's what you are. In the meantime, there are a lot of things out there that are a disgrace to humanity. And whenever we talk about this, I can't help but think of, uh, I can't help but think of the FBI. I mean it. I cannot help but think of the FBI. You see, the whole thing about gay, uh, gay pride, Squirrel, it started in New York because half-assed gangsters owned a, a gay bar on the down low, I think it's called. It was called the uh, Stonewall Inn. You hear about this? 1969, they used, to extort, they used to extort business people and politicians like J. Edgar Hoover. And they would get them in there and they'd get them prancing around. And uh, it was a scandal back then. So they, they, they extorted. One guy said, I had enough of this. I don't have anything to be ashamed of. Rightfully, he was in the right. And he said, enough is enough. And it started a movement and the rest of it. And now it's been bastardized and taken over by Marxists. Right? But there was a more important relationship between the ideology of organized crime and government bureauc- bureaucrats. Oh, it's true, Squirrel. And I couldn't help but think about that as we live through today. And I'll tell you what I mean about this. Something very interesting happened yesterday, and not a lot of people are talking about it. A case against a former CIA officer who's accused of drugging and sexually abusing unconscious women could soon collapse. A judge is set to hear arguments tomorrow. She's expected to decide whether federal agents botched the execution of a warrant that they used to search the defendant's phones. NBC News Justice and Intelligence Correspondent Kendall Lane. I want you to pay attention to this, squirrel. 
This is just an incredible case on so many levels. Brian Jeffrey Raymond is a former CIA officer. He was a longtime spy for the United States, based in Mexico City, working out of the embassy there, living in government-paid housing, spoke fluent Spanish. And back in 2020, uh, a woman ran screaming from his apartment naked and claimed that he had sexually assaulted her. And that began an investigation that ultimately led to a number of charges and accusations accusing Raymond of drugging and sexually abusing women for years, uh, mostly in Mexico City, some in the United States. And Raymond actually agreed to plead guilty and did plead guilty under a plea deal uh, to two counts of sexual abuse. But then his lawyers discovered that the way uh, law enforcement agents seized his iPhones and obtained a lot of the evidence in the case was potentially flawed, potentially unconstitutional. So they convinced a judge last year to let him withdraw his guilty plea, a very unusual circumstance. Now, this is a big scandal, Squirrel, because the CIA is embroiled in many, many scandals with pedophilia and all kinds of sexual deviance, along with the FBI. And it's interesting when you think and you can remember just, you know, past last week, of how the CIA used to get information off of phones. WikiLeaks has published what it says is the largest leak of secret CIA documents in history. The thousands of documents, dubbed Vault 7, describe CIA programs and tools that are capable of hacking into both Apple and Android cell phones. By hacking into entire phones, the CIA is then reportedly able to bypass encrypted messenger programs such as Signal, Telegram, and WhatsApp, although contrary to many news reports, the documents do not show the CIA has developed tools to hack these encrypted services themselves. The documents also outline a CIA and British intelligence program called Weeping Angel, through which the spy agency can hack into a Samsung smart television and turn it into a surveillance device that records audio conversations even when it appears to be off. It's like that old uh, Soviet Union joke. You ever hear that, Squirrel? In America, you watch TV and the Soviet Union TV watch you? Well, look at what the American Soviets did. Other documents describe ways to hack into Skype, Wi-Fi networks, PDFs, and commercial antivirus programs. The leak also shows the CIA has reportedly looked for ways to hack into cars and trucks, which WikiLeaks said, quote, would permit the CIA to engage in nearly undetectable assassinations, unquote. Uh Surveillance would be more fitting. But I find it funny as Julian Assange sits in the cooler and Tucker Carlson brought all this out before that he was sacked because he brought out uncomfortable realities. And now you see the deviates in the CIA get off because their privacy rights were violated. I love the richness in this. It's like that French dessert, the one with the three layers of chocolate. And now he's under indictment. He's in the D.C. jail. And this week there is a hearing on whether most of the evidence in the case should be thrown out. And we're talking about Nearly 600, what all sides agree, are very incriminating photos of Raymond with women in states of incapacitation, with Raymond performing sexual acts. Without so he Bill Cosby, a bunch of women in Mexico in the third world. He's like uh, Bob Menendez in New Jersey. And don't worry, just like Bob Menendez in New Jersey, he's going to get away with it. Up their permission on these women. Uh, very, very incriminating photos seized first from his iPhone, then from his other devices. But what the defense says is the way the government seized his iPhones under a warrant was unconstitutional because they say that they went back to him three times uh, in an unauthorized manner. And they also compelled him to provide his 
pin. So you want to know why Hunter Biden and Joe Biden and the Democrat mafia and the Newt Gingriches on the Republican side, how they build all this money by taking bribes from the Chinese communists and oligarchs around the world? Because these entities are all working on the same mafia. And their soldiers, they get away with all kinds of atrocities that you and I go to prison for. 312-642-5600. I was listening to the Sean Thompson show. I am saddened that this guy supposedly represents us. I mean, I am appalled. He's just disgusting. Sexist pig. And an absolute disgrace. Thank you. AM 560. The answer. I can see paradise by the dashboard light. Eduardo. Tampa Bay. Hey, how's it going, John? Wonderful. How are you, kid? Good. Getting uh, plenty of sun over here. No more crime, no more taxes. Well, take it easy. There's crime. Where are you? Where are you? Uh, I'm, um, I don't know if you know the streets, but, uh, it's... No, 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 you just tell me the town you're in. Where town are you in? Uh, Well, Hillsborough County. Oh, you're in, you moved to Florida. Oh, all right. It's a different world, isn't it, kid? Tampa Bay, Hillsborough County, yep. Yeah, it's a different world. Yeah, it's what every, every Illinoisan deserves, and it's a shame. It's what every area of America deserves. It's, uh, an area where law and order is the norm, not the exception. But go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, I don't know if you got a chance to talk to this, but uh, kind of related to what you're talking about, the uh, Chinese are dressing up disguised as tourists to get into Alaskan military bases. Did you hear about that one? Can tourists go into military bases? If I show up with a camera on my yeah. chest and a flowered shirt, can I walk into the yeah. military base in, in Florida? I don't think so. Can I? Well, now their rules are relaxed under the Biden administration. You know, it's not like before, so... I, 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 I think I have an indicator as to why. You see, the Chinese Communist government has been bribing the Biden family for at least f- 10 years that we know of and possibly longer. Uh, they also go, yeah. they also bribed the Dianne Feinstein family as her husband, when $100 million was important back in the 90s, had $100 million invested in China, and she was getting dri- driven around by a Chinese Communist spy, much like Swalwell the farter who dated a poor, unfortunate spy uh, named Fang Fang, who has never regained her sense of smell. You remember Swalwell? Taxpayer dollars to ask the Ukrainians to help them cheat an election. Fang Fang, I don't know what information you got, honey, but you earned it. You're like one of those third wives in Winnetka. You deserve the G-Wagon. Go ahead, what else you got? That's it? Oh, well, I mean, uh, I just saw Japanese are at the bottom as far as investing in workers. Luxembourg is number one, and the U.S. is in the middle. So, Well, the good news about the Japanese, do you know one of my favorite part about the Japanese, not aside from the fact my Uncle Charlie kicked their ass in World War II, but they're the only country to fight off the communist Chinese all the way back since there were cons. Did you know that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, very interesting. In the meantime, uh, China's going to win for the entire time that the Democrats are in office because China... Is a, or the American Democrat Party is a wing of the Chinese Communist Party, in case you haven't figured that out. So they're going to succeed. 
newly released video by the Pentagon showing what it calls an unnecessarily aggressive maneuver by a Chinese fighter jet near a U.S. military plane. In the video, you can see the Chinese pilot cut so close to the nose of the American aircraft that there is turbulence and shaking. They see, now that's an act of war. Now, if a man was president, he'd blow something up. That was China's. But a man isn't president. Not only is a sad, sick man president, but an asset of the Chinese Communist Party. A traitor to Americanism. And the good news is he just bit the, he took a little stumble. That's the closest we're going to get to satisfaction. 312-642-5600. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560. The answer. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. Although capitalism is under attack, private economy is shrinking, capitalists will be what saves it. That's pretty much how I could sum up my next guest. Joseph Gradante is the founder and CEO of Alio Finance, a newly launched platform that provides investing made simple. Aside from that, spent many years as a macro strategist for the economy, sales trader, and private money manager. Joseph, how are you? Hello? All right, the NSA might have kidnapped Joseph. Joseph? Are you there? I'm here. Ah, There you go. How are you, my friend? Thank you for joining me. Yeah, I'm doing well. I'm happy to be here. How are you doing today? Very good, very good. And it's nice to see that there are still people out there, capitalists, who want to take advantage of our system and make things and improve things. But the headwind you face, from what I can see, is more than just stagflation. It's uh, manipulation and bastardization of, of markets. And I'm wondering, how do you see what's happening in the markets when you compare it to just 20 years ago, 10 years ago, 5 years ago, and you see that this idea of government central collectivism orchestrating and imitating the velocity of money, how do you see the future in the economy? Well, very loaded question, but everything you said there was very accurate, uh, particularly pasteurization um, resulting in disequilibrium. And what I mean by disequilibrium, you know, throughout markets, uh, a lot of the 20th century was, you know, predicated on a market that, for the most part, went straight up. There were a couple of small, you know, dips. Um, and if people were hedging their portfolio, they usually would add 30%, 40% bonds. But you don't have a correlation anymore between equities and bonds. So, you know, you have these other sectors, commodities, um, you know, real estate, gold. You have to look at these things, crypto, because we're going through a change in time, right? Yes. And with that change in time, we don't know what the future is going to hold, but you have to be prepared for the new world order that emerges out of it. I hate that, though. I really do, because what, what emerges out of that is you're going to have to take advantage of the corruption in it so you're going to have to jump on platforms fundamentally you would have never looked at 
You're going to have to jump into companies that wouldn't exist if it wasn't for subsidies and government favoritism and grants and phony baloney nonsense. And I get it. As both well, sides I, don't, of- I don't know about the companies, I, I would say, but the, but yet the sector, some of them are, you know, good spaces, uh, you know, real estate. Some are more speculative, like crypto, like you're saying that your goal, I, I wouldn't say gold speculative, but it's not traditionally an asset class, more of an inflation hedge. But yet people have to do, things change, right? right. The, the 19th century look very different than the tw- you know every time they show charts they'll show the great uh depression onward right that's what they show yeah. uh but they don't you know markets they, go back a lot further than that so right they um, don't go back to the tulip yeah. market and uh you know it's yeah. interesting it's interesting when you see kind of the the extortion and the control of what i think is arguably the most important sector of any economy our energy sector. And that what made this country so great and brilliant in a very short amount of time was the ability of the capitalists, the American capitalists, to capitalize on the energy sector, to allow that to grow and to become something that was very, not only making people rich, but making the quality of life very good. And when you see the new move in the economy, the shift towards what is called alternative energy, but in often cases, it's just a primitive form of energy, and it's something that we're not really set up for. We don't really have the grid to sustain all of this, even if you believe in it. So how do you position yourself to not get whipsawed when the eventual reality of failure of these platforms come to fruition? And how do you determine how long that'll take? What do you think? As you see, Tesla and the station, I mean, it's, it's a complex stock, but as you see electric vehicles and the inability for, for uh, stations to hold and the failure in it, how do you position yourself in that realm? So that's what I was alluding to earlier, uh, either strategic or tactical allocation. If you are more risk on higher net worth, you can go completely tactical. Uh, if you want to be less risky, you go strategic. And what I, I mean by that is that you look at how asset classes particularly form in the current macro climate we're in, where interest rates are, uh, and how, how they correlate with other sectors. Um, so I know it's a lot, right? But uh, it's, look, there's active managers out there. It's their full-time job. They have all the best technology, all the money, and most of them still lose. And by most, I mean a lot. Over 85% of them can't beat the market. So um, it's not an easy thing, but I think there is no panacea and silver bullet is what uh you know i want to convey i i think you have to you know keep yourself uh not too concentrated not over diversified but uh you know have some exposure if you're under 65 to me there's no reason to have bonds in your portfolio Uh, you know if you're gonna if you're gonna hedge there hedge with uh you know a different sector than fixed income um you know so yeah that's my so your platform your platform takes advantage of uh, an automated investment portfolio. Explain that to the people. What What is the advantage? Well, the advantage is, uh, you know, a lot of advantages. One, I think today one of the problems is there's a lot of these um, charlatans uh, promoting day trading as a legitimate <laughs> means of making a consistent income. And, yeah, there's people like, uh, you know, my Uncle Charles who's uh, – you know, been in the market since the 50s, and he's an exceptionally bright guy. He's been doing it his whole life, you know, and so, you know, he can trade. They're the exception, not the norm, right? Um, so it, what we do is we manage the process, but we don't just rely on um, an algorithm, right? So 
Uh, we have our investment engine, which runs on machine learning. It's only one of its kind. Uh, but then we, we look at what the engine tells us. Uh, for example, at one point we uh, sat down and we said, okay, you know, just a couple months ago, um, and we didn't want to have exposure to a certain sector. Um, and then we came around and we decided, okay, things are changing in the macro economy. We're going to put this sector back on. We wanted to do a tactical swing trade. Well, the engine had already had already suggested the same thing without us telling it anything. But it won't always be an agreement. The the invent the engine will right will give us different outputs, and based on the team of experts, we'll look at that and uh, and make decisions in the portfolio. But we match the process for the end user, um, and you know the whole I think I think the advantage I think with Alio is that it's hyper personalized. You know, if people don't want to invest for the long term, I mean, I recommend people should, but not everybody's in a financial position to do so. Some people, younger people, might be saving up for a new car because they want to move to another city to work or they want to get a new MacBook because they, they want to go to an engineering boot camp. And if you don't want to uh, invest in a long-term portfolio, you can also set up short-term savings goals that are designed specifically to beat inflation because everybody's excited about these 4 or 5% yield they're getting in savings accounts, but if inflation is 8 or 9%, it's not really doing uh, much for you. So... Uh, and lastly, the impact fund. You mentioned the, you know, the um, ESG and the, uh, you know, which was Biden's first uh, veto, by the way. Um, yeah, so we're not doing ESG. ESG is an acronym that was created by the the World Economic Forum. The same people that got us <laughs> to where we are today. Uh, the same people, you know, trying to tell us what to do in the future. And so, yeah, we're not capitulating to that. Klaus Schwab, um, you know, so for us. We create custom index funds with companies that are specifically, you know, taking some type of measure in the clauses uh, that the fund, you know, for example, there's a cancer fund, there's a Made in America fund, there's a, a social justice and uh, equity fund, um, yeah, access to education, animal welfare, so there's different things, but none of them are, you know, built on ESG criteria. So the one thing that all... Uh... All investors that have been born after the World World War II, the one thing that they take for granted is the fact that the U.S. dollar is the world currency. There's a movement afoot, and I think you could argue and justify why there is a movement afoot, but that's another issue. But there's a movement afoot to de-dollarize, and it's happening. Whether the American politicians, the duopoly of corruption, want to admit it or not, it's happening. How do you They're kind of... Not they're a part of it. Right. But, yeah, it's not going to happen overnight. But there's a movement more so to de-dollarize by various nations. And then there's the, 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 the political atmosphere in this country. But how do, you, how do we kind of prepare and where should we prepare to protect ourselves against the American government failing the people and, um, you know, destroying the integrity of the dollar? Well, you just, I mean, you nailed it right there, right? It's, we have to protect ourselves against our own government. And, uh, you know, growing up, I, I never felt that way in my life until, no. you know, uh, the past couple of years. And um, it's, you know, it's scary. And there's nothing that we can really do. We don't have any control over the macro, whether or not, you know, the stuff that's happening with the dollar and what's undermining the dollar. Um, what I was trying to say there is I think, you know, I remember early on, uh, this is a, I've been talking about the dollar, you know, for years. You always talk with an office. I said, look, if the left gets back power and they do some of these things that they they want to do, 
Uh, it's going to make our, you know, our debt to GDP ratio uh, even more um, bombastic than it already is. I mean, we're in the same company as Sri Lanka and Portugal. I mean, who's going to want to finance that? Who's going to want to buy our debt? Would you want to buy that debt? I mean, just think. And that's one of the, you know, I would say that's one of the externalities that we're trying to pursue is raise financial literacy so people yeah. can protect themselves. Like, right? that's how they can protect themselves is become financially literate. Because everything that they're putting out, you know, um, it, you know, it, I think it's intentional. I think the globalists, I mean, if they are capitulating to Schwab and Soros uh, and, uh, you know, posthumously David Rockefeller, um, you know, these guys, um, they know they, they want to end the dollar. I mean, that was always part of getting the global governance, right, is to have yeah. some type of potentially global currency and then... You know, and if it's digitized, I mean, they have the ability to. I mean, we're living in 1984 as it is now. It's, it's only going to get worse. But with the dollar, you can't do anything to stop that other than in your own personal life, uh, minimize debt, and try to get exposure in your portfolio, uh, international markets, and other uh, sectors uh, like gold. Like, for example, if there's a monetary crisis, gold is going to go to a very high price. And that's why I keep some portion of my portfolio exposed to gold. If God forbid it happens, you're going to want to uh, want to have it in your portfolio. And you know what's funny, Joseph? Uh, when you think about it, I mean, I'm old, man. When I was in the, the Chicago Mercantile Exchange, it was $250 an ounce, and they, people were saying, ah, that's too high. You know, now you're over 2000 you're around 2000 and everybody's been kind of normalized to it. Isn't that the greatest problem with the American citizen is you um, you take for granted the good, and you underestimate the bad. And it kind of reminds me, what's your favorite book to tell a young investor? When I was a kid, it was Reminiscence of a Stock Operator. Is it that one that's the most important one, or is it Atlas Shrugged? Which one should the kids read? Oh, do you want my honest opinion on this? Yes. So I'm going to cheat a little bit and go with two books. Um no, just because one book, if you said there's one book that you absolutely have to read, um, I, I would say, as a man, think it, it's really short. So if that was a book, but on this, it's related to this subject. I think it's good. It's a good foundational piece in my eyes. But the book is uh, Keynes vs. Hyatt. Uh, that would be the book. Yeah. Uh, Overrode to serfdom by a small edge. Yeah. And you know what's funny? I used to bash John Maynard Keynes because, number one, uh, I, did, I disagreed with it a lot of, of what he said. But when you really dive into it, what they're calling Keynesianism, he would be appalled at. He would never advocate. Exactly. This. He was a capitalist. He it wanted was, to be used judiciously. Yes, got it. It, it was insane. But listen, i got to tell you, I've enjoyed the interview. And where can I learn more? Where can I, the listeners learn more about Alio Finance? Where do they go? You can go to the App Store and download the app. Uh, we're available on iOS and Google Play and the website, aliofinance.com. Joseph, I wish you the best of luck, and uh, I'm going to have you back on when something uh, great or tragic happens. We have a deal? Yeah, we have a deal. <laughs> All right, thank you. Joseph Gradante, uh, Any, my pleasure. We'll be back with your calls and comments. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. How you like me now? I have guests like that on for two reasons. Number one, it's nice to see somebody start a platform that uh, is exciting and helps individuals. So 
that's why I like to have guys like Joseph on. And number two, it's important to understand, the people in the know whose profession is the economy understand that for the next two years, as long as this dimwit in diapers pretends to be president, as long as the Senate is controlled by moron political horse, as long as Democrats are in charge of any of the branches of government, stagflation and futility is what we expect. But that doesn't mean you can't position yourself the best. See, even in bad times, there are good opportunities. That's the part about staying optimistic, but it's also essentially you stay aware and not be Pollyanna and pretend that the so-called Republicans are going to save you or the trajectory of our economy. You see, they've sat in complacency. We're in this position of, of collectivism, where the government is not just picking winners and losers. That's an old talking point that has been overused. This is government-subsidized, government-nationalized markets. The markets are as fake as the love of a fourth wife in Winnetka. Fake! Completely frauded. It looks good when it's in public, but the private side is ugly and mean. That's exactly what we're living through. So when you see politicians come out and pretend, I did the best and we're saving money, that's when you know, position yourself as if it's an absolute fraud and a lie. Because at the end of the day, you will hopefully sustain the corruption that is the American economy. That's a very important part of why I kind of want to do this, is because most of what I heard all of my life was regurgitation of talking points from both Republicans and Democrats. And that's where I think we need to break that chain. And it starts kind of with pointing out not just the, the failure in the policies, but the corruption in it. What does Joe Biden understand, not just about anything, but specifically about the ramifications of a backdoor nationalization of the economy for climate change? The food insecurity, the natural disasters, all of which are being made worse by the existential threat of climate change. I don't hear many of my friends anymore saying there's no climate change. We're finally figured it out. Been trying to push that since 1981. It's an interesting tell by the dim with, with dementia. Trying to push that since 1981. They have been trying to push over the takeover of our economy since the 80s for sure. But the tag has gone a little different. You see, back then, it was the Ice Age. But it is important, the reason we're here is because we entertain this. There is no such thing as climate change. There's weather. There is no climate emergency. One-tenth of one-half of one percent, a fraction of a fraction in a fraction, isn't going to change anything on this speck we call Earth. It isn't going to change anything, except the idea that we are a country of private property and private business. This is what it's all about. So this is why he goes and talks to children who uh, graduate college, in this case the military, which I found to be funny and sad. A few months ago, I called to speak to my national security advisor. He was out here. But I was told he was unavailable. Turns out, first the Andrew Deaver had him out doing loops and barrel rolls on a glider. By the way, there's hundreds of people on the stage. There's four guys clapping, and three of them are with the Secret Service. Ask if I could do that today, and the, Supreme, and the uh, Secret Service said, 
No, we'll have to shoot it down. Oh, I don't know who took a shot at you, but you ended up on the ground there, didn't you, dummy? In the meantime, we've got uh, other... They stopped clapping because he fell down. 312-642-5600. Broadcasting from the Petri dish of corruption known as the state of Illinois. In the upper Midwest of the nation and around the world. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560. The answer. AM560. The answer. You know what's funny, Squirrel? A friend of mine sent me a picture of downtown Chicago. And um, it appears the only businesses that are opening up are pot dispensaries. So it's going to be like a twist on the old Soviet uh, idea of keeping the citizens drunk. You know, you couldn't get food, couldn't get bread, couldn't get shoes in the Soviet Union, but you could get vodka. It's kind of similar to what's going on in the once great city. Is now the sewer of Chicago, and it's fun to watch the Marxists eat their own. What we saw this weekend was a manifestation of community disinvestment, poverty, trauma that our city has struggled with for far too long. Now, what you saw was a, um, a return of the primitives, a devolving of a society, a society that protects the scum and victimizes the honest, the good, the law-abiding. What you saw is Chicago. Robert, Oak Park. Yes, 50 shots, 11 deceased over the holiday weekend. I believe it was 53, Robert. I hate to correct you, but I believe it was 53. I only know that because we had a caller that said 55, and we almost had to give her a sweatshirt and a pen and all kinds of stuff, but she was too short. Go ahead. Right. Well, you know, our illustrious mayor, the solutions is investing in people. He's going to invest in people. I wonder how those families are going to feel about that with the victims the saddest part about this whole thing robert is that's a teacher right there that idiot is a teacher and i wonder why he doesn't talk about chicago say in the 1960s the 1950s i wonder why he doesn't talk about that why doesn't talk about the lack of shootings what was it we had more guns did you know that's more guns per citizen than the now in particular in chicago yet there was hardly any crime I wonder why. Maybe it was a lack of investment. We're having community meetings to stand up um, facilities that we do have access to. We're working hard. It's been two weeks. Yeah, I'm pretty confident. We'll get to the third week. <laughs> of course you will, because the idiots voted for worse, not better. You're going to make Lori Lightfoot look good. George Rumbanis is the president of the union representing the city college's adult education faculty and says the trailers have areas for sleeping and gathering, updated bathrooms, heating and air conditioning, and even a basketball court. That's nice. And as for the Chicagoans that are thrown into homelessness here, uh, you're on your own. Aldermen are set to vote on a plan to devote... Oh, you already voted on it. Breaking news to share. The Chicago City Council just moments ago voted to approve $51 million to fund... Now, I saw some of the people disagree with this. But they didn't disagree with it on a principle. They simply said, where's mine? And that's the norm. And by the way, that's what passed in Washington, D.C. All of this kind of giveaways to special interests and to government sycophants. That's exactly what passed. And I got news for you. If you think 
that the Senate is going to save you. I'm here to tell you it's not. Last night, a large majority of both Democrats and Republicans in the House passed bipartisan legislation to protect the U.S. economy, protect American families, and eliminate the threat of a first-ever default. The bill is now in the Senate where we... You know what's sad about this? This gargoyle-looking freak, Schmuck Schumer, um, he, lived, he was there when they shut down numerous, numerous, numerous times, including Ronald Reagan, who single-handedly shut the government down eight times. He's been there for all this. It's not the first ever, but the, what Chuck Schumer understands is that who he's speaking to, the Democrat base, this time in American history, is the dumbest it's ever been. America in general is occupied by the dumbest, dumbest people this country's ever had. And that's how these liars can get up on stage and lie. And then they're going to practice something, Squirrel, which I think is unique. It's kidnapping. Begin the process today of passing this legislation as soon as possible. The Senate will stay in session until we send a bill avoiding default to President Biden's desk. We will keep working until the job is done. You know, the last time that happened, Squirrel, was when they passed another miserable lie to the American people called Obamacare. And what they do is they keep senators in session, they keep them in their office, and they get them all kinds of tired, even some of the holdouts, and then they bribe them. They bribe them with money in the very bill. Welcome to America. It's like a third world banana republic, only we're the world currency. Tom in Blue Island. Hey, somebody buddy, dittos. Uh, me and Mary Kay tried to go golfing today. Got soaked in the rain at Flag Creek and Countryside. Uh. And I got a cigar question for you. Uh. The guy at the cigar shop, not your cigar shop, a place in Mount Greenwood, so wanted to give me stick matches instead of a lighter. He said the stick matches go with the cigar. And it's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. And I got Mary Kay, Carolyn, Sheila, Katie, and I'm forgetting the fifth one, buddy. Um, they're going to be pissed at me. Uh, what else? What's is the there? difference, Sean? Well, first of all, you're not supposed to light a cigar with either one. You're supposed to light it with a strip of cedar that you light on fire so that you don't taste the sulfur from the match or the gas from the lighter. But that's in a perfect world. you got to also remember, um, when you're outside, none of that's going to work except for the torch lighter, and that's why it's the most popular. Craig, I'm on Greenwood. Oh, hey, Sean. Thanks for taking my call. Anytime. You popped up, I take the call. You see how it works? No. Boy, I'll tell you what. Rain, I think I, did I hang up on you or Verlan yesterday? Who did I hang up on yesterday? Was that you and Verlan? Verlan. No, no. You were, uh, you were good to me. Uh, all right. Go ahead. You and I, man, we were, we were hitting on all eight yesterday. Hey, um, so what I wanted to mention, uh, two days ago on the 28th, and that, that David Martin, who's a really, really good, smart uh, scientist, uh, some kind of like, you know, involved with all this uh, medicine and everything, he was at the uh, European uh, par- uh, Parliament Summit, and he took him. It was about a 20-minute speech he gave, him, and he spilled the beans on the fact that um, this uh, uh, so-called vaccine, it was something that the yeah. military, our government military, was working on for about 10 years. Well, they had all actually perfected. And you know, I've got, I've, got, I've got some of that clip that I haven't gotten to. And I, I want to get into that vaccine, but it's really something that you have to kind of examine over the course of an entire big segment.
because you, you you know we know for a fact that the government has been not only subsidizing big pharma and the research and develop and, and, and uh, development lab in Wuhan, China, first built by Pfizer in 2009. But we know that Fauci and the rest of the NIH has been investing in the lab and other bio labs, ironically, in Ukraine. And uh, have been developed this. And then when you look at what happened for the last three years and how normal it is to be a slave to the government, you understand that it's all created and orchestrated by governments to destroy the idea of individual liberty and freedom throughout the world. And it worked. The saddest part about the whole thing, Craig, is that it worked. And it's going to be harder to make it make people aware of it. After all, we've got people on the Republican side that cheer a bill that guarantees the destruction of the quality of life for the future for all Americans. And Republicans are telling you it's good. Thank you very much. So are we going to win the big cases? We're going to win the big things? I don't know. We got a lot of a lot of fraud selling this. If you look at where we were going, which was the Biden position of no amendments of any kind, no negotiations, just keep raising the debt ceiling, keep business as usual. And you look where over 100 days, uh, the House Republicans, who shocked the country by actually passing a bill that had real change. He's less exciting than he was in the 80s, 90s. Terrible. You sound terrible. Not only that, you're lying. And, you know, they had Newt Gingrich. I think he was on Foxweiser. Wasn't he all over Foxweiser? Oh, he was on Fox Weiser. He's the guy who's right. He's Newt Gingrich. He's the conservative. He saved the 90s. All bulldog. And yet, nobody's going to have on Mike Lee except me. First, House GOP leadership proclaims that the Fiscal Responsibility Act will save $1.5 trillion over a 10-year period through the two-year caps deal. But see, Madam President, therein lies the deception. The supposed savings are largely, in fact, almost entirely illusory. The bill contains a mandatory two-year caps deal for the discretionary spending. But in reality, the spending limits for the other four years, the out years, are unenforceable. Yeah, but Newt, winning Republican style, huh, dummy? It's chess, or is it checkers? It's four-dimensional. You're a con artist. Uh, Teresa on the brass coast. <laughs> Hi, Sean. Brass Coast in the house again. Yeah. yeah. Um, I just wanted to say, as um, as far as the 1960s with very little gun crime, I mean, there were there were more actual parents in that time. I mean, those days, you know, there was discipline. There were consequences. There's nothing anymore. There's nothing. Well, and there's there's an interesting statistic too. If you look at the percentage of minorities that voted Democrat then versus now, you kind of understand why the government had a massive advantage by destroying that uh, that kind of society. See, in a oh, destructive society, when more people suckle at the nipple of government for sustenance, you get willing slaves versus people of pride. Now we have to pretend exactly. it's pride, and most of them have their ass hanging out of chaps. Thank you very much, Teresa. All right, now, as usual on Thursday, I'm very excited. In particular, I'm excited this Thursday because I have my friend from Freedom Square, Chuck Barham, how are you doing, brother? Sean, it's a momentous day here at Freedom Square. High Tide Cream has joined the Freedom Square Business Network. Yes, I'm very excited about it. I really am because this is the month. You know, I had a I had a website. That's my company, ladies and gentlemen. If you haven't noticed, High Tide Cream, and we're from the High Tide Cream Studios down here in Studio Xanadu, is my company 
that I've created a product for year, for years. I created it years ago, and I kind of just had a few friends and family and a few customers that buy it, and I decided to kind of go a little bigger with it. And I'm taking advantage of you because it's an incredible yeah. deal to list a business. Why don't you tell the people about it on freedomsquare.com. Yeah, freedomsquare.com. You can download the app in the Apple App Store, the Google Play Store. For $299 for the complete year, that's an annual fee, one time, one and done, you can list your business inside of Freedom Square's ever-growing business network. What we're doing is connecting like-minded people to like-minded businesses, and we're voting with our dollars. Treat it as you would, Sean. If you post in Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, post what you're going to post there, post it inside of Freedom Square, it'll start to populate inside the Freedom Square feed. That's where you gain momentum. We have had a tremendous week. We've had one of our largest weeks ever company uh, last week, and then going after Memorial Day, we thought it would kind of lull off. Oh, no. We've had more downloads of the app. We've had more analytics showing up through the roof. We've had more businesses sign up, and now we've got High Tide Cream, the Sean Thompson product in yes. the Freedom Square business network. Now, you, now, now the nice thing is from, uh, from your site, I gave the link to my site, and it's an easy click over, right? How's it work? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You, you click it over, you share it, your site, direct, we direct you right to your site. But the great thing is on Freedom Square, you can find news stories you're not going to find anywhere else, but they're all in one spot. So download the app, create your free profile, and then you tell us what news providers you want to see, what podcasters you want to follow, what businesses you want to follow. Then it shows up in your customized Freedom Square experience, uh, just like High Tide Cream. I just hit follow on it. So now, Sean, anytime you post inside of Freedom Square, it's going to show up in the main feed of my uh, Freedom Square customizable feed. That's very exciting. I love that. And I, I, I like the idea that it's us. I think it, it, it answers uh, you know, a big demand by the people to know that when you buy something, you're not enriching somebody who's going to take the proceeds of, that, of their product and they're going to use it as a weapon against you. That's what needs Correct. to change. You know, I underestimated the American... Um, opinion and appreciation for Americanism. And that's why we're in this position. And the reason I underestimated it, it, it was unbelievable to me that somebody who owned a business would not be a capitalist. And the beauty of Freedom Square is you're guaranteed to only work with them, right? Absolutely. That's what it is. Vote with your dollars. We are the patriotic portal to anything and everything that is going to help save this republic. And we need you, the business owners, to get involved in our business network. Download the app. Go to freedomsquare.com. Sign up today. Sean, I can't thank you enough for getting high tide cream in there. And as my grandfather always said, going back to the whole debt ceiling thing, i got to give props to uh, Howard Leon Barham. He always said both wings belong to the same bird. And today and in in yesterday in the votes that you saw in the House is exactly what it is. I love that. And, Chuck, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to contact you because I have more businesses I want to list on the site. I'm yes. Big fan of Freedom Square. I love what you're doing, and the people there you have working for you are wonderful. I've talked to three people so far. Really, very helpful, helping me fill it out. It's a great organization. Thank you very much, Chuck, from freedomsquare.com. Thank you, Sean. Appreciate you, brother. You too. We'll be back with your calls and comments after this. AM560, the answer. Do you want to get aggravated, squirrel? By a caller? Or by a dimwit named Joy Behar. You pick, Squirrel. Pick. Caller, Joy Behar. All right. Sorry, Caller. Hang on a minute. Squirrel wants to soften cucumbers. Of course. But 
to your question, mm-hmm. I think they're using it as a political cudgel. Yeah. So, so we can vilify one group of people, it unifies all these other people. Yeah. Let me point out that in Uganda, for example, oh, God, there are countries yeah. all over the world that yeah. are attacking gay people. Yeah. This is the new the scapegoat du jour right now. Yeah. Yeah. In Russia, you're imprisoned if yeah. you're gay. In Uganda, or they killed. just they just yeah. posed a very uh, stringent law: yes. uh, life imprisonment or execution if yeah. you are considered yeah. to be homosexual. Sixty-four countries, half of them are in Africa, criminalize homosexuality. Mm-hmm. The other half are all. You mean like Cuba? I forgot Cuba. I forgot Cuba. You forgot all the countries you want to practice the philosophy of. You forgot all the socialist countries, the totalitarian countries. Over the place. I mean, is that what we want our country to be, like Uganda? I mean, come on. Well, or the, Russia? I don't think so. The answer is no. And You also forgot Ukraine. <gasps> yes, it's true. Aside from the Azov Nazis, not too friendly with your agenda, Joy. And uh, those on the right who are targeting the LGBTQ plus community are on the wrong side of history. The facts bear it out. So eight in 10 Americans favor more laws to protect the LGBTQ plus community from discrimination. 67% of those are Republicans. The biggest voting bloc in 2024 will be millennials and Gen Zers. They're all kids who have uh, not been taught to appreciate that we have had those laws, dimwit, since 1968. Not just in the fair housing laws, but in a plethora of laws to protect people of sexual orientation. You're not helping anything, honey. You're balkanizing. You're following the format of balkanization. And you're doing it because you're a Marxist. And you need that. Now, in the meantime, can we all agree that everyone should not walk around with their ass hanging out of chaps? I think we can. Mark in Oak Lawn, who does not have his ass hanging out of chaps. Do you, Mark? Because you're going to make me look silly if you do. I, I appreciate that, Sean. You know I- uh, I just took them off, so I'm fine. Fair. Uh, hey, got a question for you. You know, that whole thing with the uh, Dodgers thing, uh, yeah. you know, it, it, it just stinks because, you know, be, be, be frank, you know, the guy's, uh, uh, he's Magic Johnson's part owner, there's Jewish guy that owns it, and, and they have that uh, sacrilege, you know, with those those uh, weirdos dressing up like that, you know, against against the nuns. It's bigotry. You know, you could consider that a hate crime, Sean. Only and, we and do. I'm not big on I'm not big on hate crimes, but I'll tell you what, this is this is brutal, and, and they they should call these guys out for what they do, and uh, and then, you know I wanted to make another point about Kwame Raoul. You know he came out with this big investigation yeah, yeah. on the Catholic nothing Church. on the CPS. And he's he's right. Oh. He, you know you know Sean, he's right. There's a yeah. lot of a uh, yeah. uh, lot of lot of bad actors in the Catholic Church. I think we should we should them. prosecute pedophiles, whether they're public school teachers or or, or private school, and we should yeah, also publicize. Public school. We should We're also prosecute women for... beaters, even when they're the speaker of the Illinois House. Let's punish them all. I'll be back after this. He's Sean Thompson, and this is the Sean Thompson Show. The most nauseating part of our reality isn't the fact that we have crooks that are in important places. We've always had crooks that are in politics in important positions. What we've never had is the idea that we couldn't speak of it. The, the idea that in America, in the year 2023, censorship is the fracking norm. There's an agency inside the government that is suppressing speech of Americans suppressing and intimidating and extorting your opinion if you're going to break the chain you have to do it with young people because 
I don't think Americans are supposed to be slaves. It's going to take people who are teaching young people about their freedom, mainly their freedom of speech. That is my next guest. My next guest has started an organization. And like all good organizations, they're in Florida. Like all good people, they move to Florida or buy real estate in Florida. His name is James Fishback. He's the founder and executive director of Incubate Debate, the largest and only no-cost debate league for students. Am I right, James? That's right, Sean. Thank you so much for having me. I love the idea that you did this. I love the idea that you did this, not because I have kids, but because my kids will have kids one day. And if you can just instill one generation of Americans to accept a mafia, corrupt collectivism, it'll take the generation behind them to break it. So I need this, this organization to succeed so that kids in the future don't think it's normal to have crooked politicians tell them what they can say. That's right. That's exactly right. So tell me how you started it, how you implemented it, and what kind of help or pushback you're getting in the state of Florida. Well, you know, I started it in 2019. I was a high school debater for four years from 09 to 13, and then a high school coach from 17 to 19. And I started it principally because what I saw what was happening in the legacy high school debate space was I saw an echo chamber that attacked or punished and silenced certain views, largely conservative views. As I pointed out in an essay that I wrote for the Free Pass last week that's been read over a million times since then, you have these high school debate judges who come in and tell the kids before anything, before the round, that they can't say certain things. They can't bring up the word illegal immigrant. And if they do, they'll automatically lose. They tell kids, look, if you're white, you can't talk about how certain policies affect black or Hispanic people. They'll say, you know, if I'm a Marxist, Leninist, Maoist, one judge in my article says, and therefore I cannot evaluate arguments when someone says that capitalism is good or Israel has a right to defend itself. So I really started Incubate because I saw free speech and open debate under attack in this activity that I once cherished and learned so much from. Now, James, what's astonishing to me is, um, number one, I do a radio show I never thought I would, because I'm not doing a radio show. I'm doing what I've always done when it comes to issues. I'm thinking about it for free mind and a willingness to speak the truth, right? That's what I do. Um, Now, I only have one company that I could do it for. When it, even in talk radio, and that's Salem, my company, yeah. because all other companies have capitulated to the government fascism, right? So there used to be a bunch of them. Now there's one, literally one. So this is very important to me because the push of the new modern Marxist is to rewrite history to steal the future. And when you see it as we see it today, when they're teaching the wrong interpretation of history as fact, and if you accept this, before you know it, kids will think that the 1619 Project is a book based in history, truth, versus a Marxist uh, uh, instruction manual of how to corrupt the future. So the idea that we are not telling kids about the Barbary pirates, that we are not telling kids about indentured servitude, about the uh, amount of Irish people that were slaves to this country, the first people. You know, that's a part that we need to be able to say. So what does it look like when you have these kids debate this controversial topics? Well, what it looks like is the kids who say the things that they believe are oftentimes punished. That the, that the NSDA, the National Speech and Debate Association, which is at the center of my reporting, they have gone over and over and over. They've doubled down 
on this censorship. Let me give you one example. They had a topic last year, Sean, where students were to debate affirmative action, an important debate that your listeners will know well, right, whether certain races should get preferences in the college admission process. Now, there are arguments on both sides of that debate, but not for the NSDA. Here's how they framed the question for these young men and women to debate in high school. The question was, how has affirmative action supported black Americans? How has affirmative action supported black Americans? There's no opportunity for the kids to question the progressive premise there. The, the, The assumption is that affirmative action is unequivocally good don't you dare question it. That's non-negotiable. The only debate we are going to have is how, how is it so good? Why is it so fantastic? Why is it so perfect? And that's just a perfect example where we could actually have a real debate about something that in many ways is dividing the country, the issue of affirmative action, but they instead try to frame it in a way where no one with a conservative bias, with a conservative leaning, could question the underlying assumption. You know what's disgusting about this? Um, I'm I, thankfully, and I and I mean this. You're a young man. I heard when you graduated high school, and I'm so proud of you. You have no idea, but the reality is, I'm an old man. And when I was born was the late '60s, and when I lived and went to you know grade school from a young age and all through high school, you were taught when it came to affirmative action to listen to very prominent black leaders who re- who not only some talked about it, but the large majority back then rejected it they weren't looking for the government to wield racism they were looking for the elimination of racism for a colorblind society which is something you never hear anymore and now you also were aware that in societies that practiced racism not just the nazis and the rest of it but societies that practiced racism all were government top-down totalitarian states And the beauty of America is that we had mores among citizens and we demanded civility and righteousness, not because the government told us to. The government was where we brought our grievances, but among each other. And I think there's a a concerted effort for these corrupt politicians to destroy that thought among young people and make them think or at least have the perception that only government can deliver righteousness. And if we can break that, we can save the country. So how are the kids accepting your platform? And do you have kids that are jerks like me that always take the opposite position of what teachers say? We do have the stubborn contrarians, and God bless them, because they they stand firm when when the crowd is the other way. Look, we've got a platform. We've got thousands of kids across the state. I I know that, you know, where you are in southwest Florida, we've got students uh, from the Panhandle all the way down to Homestead. I'm really proud of our work in rural communities especially, because when I was in high school debate, you know, I hadn't competed with rural Florida. And these are some of the brightest, sharpest kids. Their views on agriculture, their views on what it means to be an American patriotism, uh, how how the family really is the best form of governance, this two-parent household. What I'll say is this, is that a lot of our students who join Incubate Debate have left the National Speech and Debate Association. One student in particular is a Brianna Watley. She was on Fox News with Dana Perino on Tuesday. And what she told her was, she was at a high school debate, and the judge told her before the debate started, it was a debate about President Biden's foreign policy record. The judge warned this young black girl, do not bring up President Trump in this round, right off the bat. 
And this young lady wanted to talk about President Trump's accomplishments in the Middle East, how he secured the border. And to think that this young voice was stifled and censored by an adult who just didn't want to hear the other side, that's tragic. And that's why I started Incubate Debate, to give a platform that brings free speech, merit, and diversity of viewpoint back to high school debate. You are putting Americanism back in America. I love this. So uh, the people, how do, you, how do you sustain this? I know you're free to the kids. But how do you sustain yeah. it, and can my listeners help you? Well, we, I, I would be grateful for their support. IncubateDebate.org is where to go. Check out some of our videos. Check out some of our, our past topics, the things that we debate. Body positivity movement, helpful or harmful. Are the, are the environmental benefits of electric vehicles overstated? We have debates about immigration, about criminal justice reform, about all sorts of things. We don't take a bias. We're nonpartisan. But you know what we are? We're unapologetically patriotic. Every tournament we begin with the Pledge of Allegiance, with an opening invocation, and with that preamble to the Constitution. So I would be grateful for their support. They can go to IncubateDebate.org, hit that support button in the upper right-hand corner, and help support our free speech high school debate platform. So, James, I want to uh, ask you, because um, my kids are are college-age kids, and I know my kids and their friends, and uh, it's wonderful to see young people reject the government supremacy that so many... um, people are led to believe is accepted among young people. What do you see writ large, and what is the pulse of that generation? Are they accepting this, or are they rebelling against the fascism they've experienced through COVID and uh, the lockdown? Now, in Florida, they, didn't, they were saved by government, but they were, they're aware of what happened to the rest of the nation, or the vast majority of it. Are they resisting it? What is the pulse of young high school-age kids today, in your estimation? I think a lot of young people have a lot of questions about the shenanigans that happened over the last three years. And and that's the lockdowns. That's the vaccine mandates. That is all of the emergency measures. The, the great irony, of course, is there's nothing more permanent than temporary emergency measures. And we have to have a reckoning. They talked about that racial reckoning we were supposed to have in 2020. Let's have a pandemic reckoning, Sean, where every young person can have an open debate about whether the policies that were forced on us, what were forced on us, were actually effective. Did they actually save lives? Or did they wreak havoc, mental illness, depression, forcing people into isolation and solitude? That's the debate we ought to have, because we can't let anyone rewrite history. Those were three dark years, and I'll tell you, Sean, thank God for federalism, because it was federalism and Governor DeSantis that saved us in Florida, because our founding fathers knew that the federal government could not exercise that kind of power in these types of emergencies. James, I want to do something else for you. I am going to... um donate a um, at Freedom Square, which is another uh, organization we're affiliated with, where you can list your group, IncubateDebate.org, and uh, you can have a uh, social media page. It's kind of a, it, it, it's similar to a Facebook, but it's similar to a Twitter, and I think it's growing, and I want you to put IncubateDebate.org on that site, and uh, I'll pay the cost for it, but I want to help you in any way, and I think what you're doing is fantastic, and you make me proud of a generation that um, doesn't get a lot of attention is taken for granted. So, James Fishback, I really appreciate you, brother. I really do. And I want you to stay in touch with me, and uh, we will be in contact with you to help you do that, all right? Thank you, Sean. God bless you, and God bless your listeners. Thank you very much. 312-642-5600. 
This is the Sean Thompson Show, where Democrats are always wrong, Republicans are seldom right, and politicians are never, ever to be trusted. On AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. Oh, I love this song, Squirrel. Kidding me? Good song, kid. Um, Tara Reid, who was an aide to then-Senator Biden back in the 90s, and then uh, in 2020 accused him of sexual assault. She announced yesterday she's seeking citizenship in Russia, and she feels safer there. Does the White House have any reaction to that announcement, given the accusations that she's made against President Biden? I think we'd be loath to comment on the, uh, uh, on the musings of a potential Russian citizen. That's really up for her to, to speak to. So I played that clip because we're going to take Cream Puff Jim, and he has a tendency to confuse listeners because uh, he speaks uh, Democrat Chicago, which I can speak and interpret, but I wanted you to have an understanding of what Cream Puff Jim is going to talk about. Hello, Cream Puff. <laughs> Hello, Sean. I'm saying you have to molest, the molesters, the molestation twins. One gets $5 million in New York. The other one runs to Russia and says, Putin is a thing of beauty. Well, it surely looks like the David and uh, I think David's in uh, So now I'm going to help you with this. Wait, 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 no, hold on. Hold on for a minute. All right. What would, what is the, who hasn't been molested? Let's start with this. Should I get a director of those old directors? Boy, you've, been living, you've been living in Chicago. I'll tell you who hasn't been molested. My kids. Because someone will end up in a forest preserve in an unmarked shallow hole. In the meantime, Cream Puff Jim, I'll tell you the, I'll tell you the problem with this whole thing. The reason that you moved to Russia when you've been raped by the now president. The government protects rapists, protects murderers, protects criminals. And when, if you know anybody who's been raped, it's a beyond traumatic. It changes the course of your life forever. But yet the Democrat Party, Democrat areas, normalize it. Like in a third world sewer. Because they share the same philosophy. So it's funny to hear a Chicago Democrat said who hasn't been molested. You're right. CPS students have far more molestations than Catholic school who have far too many. But there's far more in Chicago public schools. And yet Kwame Raoul comes on and attacks the Catholics, rightfully so, but ignores the CPS because it's normal in Democrat sewers. So Tara Reid was raped. When Joe Biden knew his address, could put on his own pants and shoes and then take him off and rape women. So she feels safer in Russia. It's interesting because Russia prosecutes rapists in Illinois, Chicago, New York, New Jersey, Philadelphia, California. Name a Democrat ghetto. They let them walk free and they give them a little raise in their food. So I think it's a. It's simple why she moved to Russia. Not only that, they got a 13% flat tax rate, and we're monkeying around. John and Garfield Ridge. Hey, Sean. How you doing, brother? Good. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing good. Thanks for taking my call. You know, uh, I was listening to those fat slobs from The View earlier. Yeah. I immediately I thought among the same lines as you. I, I said, what about Ukraine? You know, are they really that much more... Uh, LGBTQ friendly than Uganda? You know, uh, how about Palestine? How about how about Palestine? You know, uh, you know, because the useful idiots out here, they got plenty of uh, 
Ukraine and Palestine flags and bumper yeah. stickers all over their cars. I go, mm-hmm. I go, what the hell's the difference? You think anybody from the view is going to call those two countries out? Uh, no, I mean, because what they like uh, to do is lie, cheat, and steal. That is the platform of the Democrats, and they pretend to be altruistic. I'd like to know what percentage of her income Joy Behar pays. Wouldn't you love to know that? I'd love to know it. Her and her husband. I want to know what's the income and what percentage of it do you actually pay? And you'll see it all stems down to government corruption and favoritism, John. So they'll tell anything to anybody. And when people are victims of their cohorts from Bill Clinton to uh, Joe Biden to uh, name a scoundrel to an ex-CIA and the CIA, and including a senator named Bob Menendez. A case against a former CIA officer who's accused of drugging and sexually abusing unconscious women could soon collapse. A judge is set to hear arguments tomorrow. She's expected to decide whether federal agents botched the execution of a warrant that they used to search the defendant's phones. NBC News Justice and Intelligence correspondent Kendallanian has more. By the way, Squirrel, his name is uh, Brian Jeffrey Raymond, CIA asset raping third world people in uh, Mexico, had it on his phone, plot guilty to it. And the case she's talking about, that's today that it'll be heard. What are the odds it gets kicked out? Oh, I think they're good. After all, he's a government apparatchik. This is just an incredible case on so many levels. Brian Jeffrey Raymond is a former CIA officer. He was a longtime spy for the United States, based in Mexico City, working out of the embassy there, living in government paid housing, spoke fluent Spanish. And back in 2020, uh, a woman ran screaming from his apartment naked and claimed that he had sexually assaulted her. And that began an invest. I got 20 bucks, Squirrel says, if he runs in Chicago, he can not only get elected alderman, he may be a senator. Investigation that ultimately led to a number of charges and accusations accusing Raymond of drugging and sexually abusing women for years, uh, mostly in Mexico City, some in the United States. And Raymond actually agreed to plead guilty and did plead guilty under a plea deal uh, to two counts of sexual abuse. But then his lawyers discovered that the way uh, law enforcement agents seized his iPhones and obtained a lot of the evidence in the case was potentially flawed, potentially unconstitutional. So they I wonder how Joy Behar feels about this. We're the generation of marriage equality. We are the generation of freedom. We are not going backward on these issues. We shall see. It's interesting. They're the generation of servitude, government supremacy. Do you think one of them wants to erase the idea that the government actually gets to license love in the first place? I do. See, we can break it all with the principles of Americanism. You know, freedom. 312-642-5600. He's Sean Thompson. Hello, Mr. Thompson. And this is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. You know what's interesting, Squirrel? You can find the prima facie evidence of how corrupt this government is in all kinds of places, not just the fact that CIA officers can get away with rape. But here's an interesting little tidbit. Everybody remembers that low-life fraud Ironic draft dodger John Bolton, right? You remember that scoundrel with that 70s porno mustache? Ridiculous-looking freak that he is. Never Trump or scum. So he comes out, he's going to run for president and the rest. Did you know that right now, under the Joe Biden regime, U.S. sanctions Iranians over an alleged plot to kill John Bolton? 
It's peculiar. Why would a Biden administration sanction Iran over John Bolton? John Bolton, Dick Cheney, they've been talking about Iran, the excess of evil and all the rest of it for decades. But now you do it. Payoffs, bribes, normalization of corruption. That's why when I heard James Clyburn yesterday promise that he would eliminate the debt ceiling, it didn't shock me when today on Bloomberg he only talked about the debt ceiling. This is from yesterday. You know, I'm not a proponent of having a debt limit. I don't think we ought to have that at all. I've done the study on this. I understand Denmark may be the only other country uh, democracy that's got one. And even it, their debt limit is three times above what their budget is. So I don't know why we have this debt limit. I wish we'd just get this thing behind us, pass this bill tonight, and let's next week start working on getting rid of the debt limit altogether. So the Senate will rubber stamp this con job of a bill. And within three weeks from the next session, when the next session begins, I think they all go home now, right? The morons, they all go home back to their parades and they'll be marching in parades, raising money as they've destroyed the integrity of not just our currency, but our principles. Um, within three weeks of their next session, they will move to eliminate the debt ceiling. And everyone will forget the Republican cohorts that stood with it. But I hope that they remember the good Republicans that fought against it. Congressman Bob Good here. I've always told the constituents of the 5th District that I would never vote for a debt ceiling increase without commensurate cuts and spending reforms that would put us on a path to fiscal responsibility. So I'm going to do just that tonight. I'm going to go into the Capitol here in just a few moments and vote against the failed Responsibility Act, which is going to raise the debt ceiling by some $4 trillion with no meaningful cuts in our spending, no meaningful reforms. It's going to make it worse for the country, make it more likely we'll have an eventual default. So I'm going to vote against that bill. There's one. Here's another one. Hi, folks. I just walked off of the House floor, and unfortunately, we had a bad day for America today. I watched 149. Congressman Rosendale. Republicans joined 165 Democrats to add an additional $4 trillion to the national debt. This is an insult to the American people. Nobody is talking about what it adds to the debt. Nobody. They're pretending it's a success. 40 years, so you're cutting the red tape, so you build things and make America competitive. Everybody has a right to their own opinion. But on history, I'd want to be here with this bill today. I hope you are judged harshly by history. And easily waived. In fact, easily ignored. It's a shell game of sorts. A carefully orchestrated act to create the false illusion of savings. But history has shown us that no caps deal has ever been fully enforced against future appropriations. The most recent and relevant example of this may well be Congress and its decision uh, in the Budget Control Act of 2011 to impose these statutory caps on discretionary spending. I wonder how much of the bill goes to uphold Obamacare, goes to uphold Big Pharma, the corruption in Big Pharma. And once again, the crooks get paid off. Another question for you. The NIH continues to refuse to voluntarily divulge the names of scientists who receive royalties and from which companies. Over the period of time from 2010 to 2016, 27,000 royalty payments were paid to 1,800 NIH employees. We know that. Not because you told us, 
but because we forced you to tell us through the Freedom of Information Act. Over $193 million was given to these 18 employee, 1,800 employees. Can you tell me that you have not received a royalty from any entity that you ever oversaw the distribution of money in research grants? Um, well, first of all, let's talk about royalties. That's the question. No, that's the question. Crooked bastard. And in the meantime, this is day three of Europe discovering a link between the so-called vaccine and multiple sclerosis. Now, last week, the World Health Organization put out a release uh, showing that there was a possible causal relationship between COVID-19 vaccine and multiple sclerosis. And we're allowed to report on this because it is an official WHO paper. We're limited to other things we can report. Have not seen one story. Have you seen one story in the mainstream media about this? One. Of course not. Of course not. And all of the entities of corruption get a raise. Today, the American people are going to win. We're going to pass the largest cut in American history. It's just a small step putting us on the right track. It's a cover-up of corruption sold to you by the so-called Speaker of the House, a Republican, supported by numerous cohorts of corruption, all multimillionaires like Newt. Biden would have said no. Uh, the financial markets would have collapsed. The Republicans would have been crowded into a position where 20 or 30 of them would have joined the Democrats and six or eight of them would have joined the Democrats in the Senate. And you would have a debt ceiling with no cuts, no changes, no reforms. This is this is chess. This is not checkers. It's is it chess? President Zelensky is under fire for corruption. A new report says he embezzled the aid money. It was released by an American investigative journalist, Seymour Hirsch. He says Zelensky and his team have embezzled about $400 million. $400 million. Apparently, this was done last year. Drinks are on the house. I love a good, good Goodfellas movie. I really do. Goodfellas scam. That's what it all is. And, you know, everyone wants to talk about Trump and DeSantis. But nobody wants to talk about somebody who really not only understands what needs to be done, but understands what's happening. I often describe the great divide in American political and cultural life today as not being so much between the right and the left, whatever those terms mean right now anyway, between Republicans and Democrats, but between the rise of a new managerial class and the everyday citizen. And I think that this is a an age-old debate an age-old power struggle that surfaces every so often. The American Revolution was fought on the question of whether citizens could be trusted to govern themselves in a constitutional republic. The old world vision was that they could not, that it would be a mistake to entrust citizens to sort out the most important questions that they faced. And, you know, we on this side of the Atlantic said that no, for better or worse, we will trust the everyday citizens to make those decisions for themselves and to own the consequences of making those decisions through a democratic process codified in a constitutional republic. Telling you, right now I'm a Vivek Ramaswamy guy. 312-642-5600 will take who you support and your predictions, diagnosis after this. AM560, the answer. I like big butts and I cannot There's the Barack Obama song. Yeah, when a girl walks in the room, I 
face you get I just was uh, informed by the studio that our phone lines have been attacked. Or they're down. Let's just go with they're down. Right? Sure they are. In the meantime, it's good. I like the attention. I really do. Because what we're doing here is we're not buying the bull dung. Not at all. Especially when it comes to arguably the greatest swindle that we face. Oh, there's a lot of them. Whether it's the Pentagon, whether it's Big Pharma, or the Keynesian soiree of government-subsidized life itself, this might be the golden goose of corruption. The food insecurity, the natural disasters, all of which are being made worse by the existential threat of climate change. Poppycock, old man. You're the most existential threat this country faces, you crook, traitor, bastard. You and a lot of you people including Larry Fink and Bill Gates. What do you think of that? We have some parts of the country that are very, very worried about how this transition will mean for their their state, their locality, for their jobs. And so this is not going to be an easy task. But I would say across the board, um, capital is moving, and it's going to move very rapidly. And I'm very proud that I can tell you right now, every hydrocarbon company in the United States is now focused on this. Whereas I would say three, four years ago, they weren't. They did not believe it. And so we are making change. And I would say we're making more rapid change because of Bill and other other people who are expressing this openly. The bulk of emissions in the decades ahead will come from developing countries. Let's think of it in three tiers. The rich countries, that's Europe, U.S., Japan. The middle-income countries, uh, that's where most of humanity lives. That's China on the high end. High mil- this is my favorite part because he reveals what the real plot is. See, the real plot isn't to fix anything. It's to put you in the corner. It's to demoralize. It's to destroy the value of your currency and destroy your wealth. See, the problem with America, like Barack Obama said, people are just too rich. Middle-income in India on the low end, and you've got Brazil, Mexico, Indonesia, Vietnam, a lot of the world's population there. And then you have some very poor countries uh, a lot in Africa. The responsibility to innovate rests entirely on the rich countries, and particularly on the U.S., because the U.S. has the universities, the national labs. It's got the ability to organize risk-oriented capital. So, You know, this fracking nerd, this punchline of a human being, this Epstein friend, Bill Gates, he doesn't have a degree in jack. He stole the platform from Microsoft. He's just a crook. He doesn't fool me, do you? Nerd! We will not solve climate change without the rich world driving down dramatically. That's what will make it economic for the the middle-income countries who are not responsible for the historic emissions and who are dealing with more basic needs. Yeah, there's the reason lap dances are $40. In the meantime, when it comes to my bull dung on the climate, I prefer it from an old actor who played Spock. At least eight times in the past million years, it has advanced and retreated with clockwork regularity. If we are unprepared for the next advance, the result could be hunger and death on a scale unprecedented in all of history. What scientists are telling us now is that the threat of an ice age is not as remote as they once thought. I say we go with ice age, squirrel. From now on, we're worried about the ice age. Why not? It's all based in bull dung anyway. We'll have the phones looked at. We'll sue the NSA and the CIA. We'll figure out who took down our phone lines. And I'll be back in 21 hours. Have an American night. 
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.